Hello everyone and thank you for the download. It's Tuesday, November 22nd, and this is episode 53 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassi and today I'm joined by my co-host Skipper Ben. How's it going, Ben? Hey, can you hold on one second? Hold on, hold on. Um, one second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes! He's gone! <laughs> yes! Find the gun! He's gone! Yes! <sighs> and... Ben's wife's what, boyfriend uh, just left. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want uh, you guys want to talk about anything tonight? What's going on? Uh, actually, Josh is fresh off uh, forty-eight hours spent in the Taylor Swift ticket lottery. Uh, so, uh, Josh, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, the board has concluded that as Marty Cald embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, at the Sultan of Sockley is uniquely qualified to lead the podcast through this pivotal period. You, you yeah. not, we, we have to do a find and replace of the word podcast with uh, synergy machine. If you could do yeah, that, exactly. synergy <laughs> economies of scale. <laughs> I swear to Christ, like he looked anytime he saw the word Disney, his computer would autocorrect to synergy or synergy machine, yeah. Disney or brand. That would happen. It is perhaps the most unintellectual thing that you can do is like <laughs> replace an actual thought with a buzzword. If anybody has been in corporate America, part of the reason why Bob Chapek drives us crazy, drives us crazy. That's good English, Tim drove us crazy. <laughs> We're so fucking mad. Yes. Yes. So, uh, news came down Sunday evening, Bob Which is Chapek yesterday is, as we sit here yes, today, just for the record. As we record this on Monday, uh, Bob Chapek is out. Bob what? Iger Who? Uh, is in. It sounds like this is a relatively savage thing by the board. Uh, not that it should be surprising. Uh, we were talking about recording a show over the weekend. We were uh, going to record tonight regardless. And the first bullet point was Jim Cramer calls for Bob Chapek's firing. And I figure we probably could have done half an hour on that. Imagine our surprise. <laughs> Imagine when, our surprise. Jim Cramer has some pull. Uh, Apparently when those you buttons on his desk actually do something. <laughs> Who knew? When you, said, when you said you wanted to do a show about that breaking news on Sunday, I thought you were talking about Trump returning to Twitter. But this is fine. We can do yeah. we can do the shape pet getting fired. That's fine. We'll save that for the next I've show. been on Mastodon for the better part of the last 36 <laughs> hours, so I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh, I, nothing has made me more entertained as a nerd slash political prisoner that uh, <laughs> hearing people talk about how Mastodon is federated better than Twitter. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Have, we start, have we started the Marty called Mastodon yet? Or? Uh, we have not. We have not. Probably We're actually on, on uh, Pick Another Extinct Animal. We're on the Marty called uh, Dodo channel. That's the Ooh, thing. I like it. Yeah. Ge- our Geo pages. Uh, <laughs> Geo cities. Was, that was it, right? <laughs> and our MySpace pages. Freaking we're hopping. Gonna, the Marty called Bald Eagle. <laughs> we're, we're getting ahead of the curve. JPEG is actually in our top six space or top eight spaces, whatever it was on on, uh, <laughs> on that one. Um, so news came down on Sunday evening, probably around ten o'clock. But it sounds like this happened relatively quickly, if that's to be believed. That. Iger was contacted on Friday, effectively behind Chapek's back, and Chapek was told about it right before the press release came out, um, which is pretty savage. Right, right before he was supposed to introduce Elton John on the live stream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First off, I wish I wish they had waited ten more minutes because I would love to have heard heard uh, heard the god damn what none of us can talk. <laughs> I would have loved when you don't do a show for three months. We can't speak English anymore. I would have loved to have heard that Dodger Stadium crowd boo the hell out of that guy as he walked on stage. I mean, yeah, 
how 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 glib is a guy in that market in that area in front of those fans? He would have been on on their streaming service. Uh, that'd have been hilarious. Could they not have waited ten more minutes? Damn. Right. Right. I mean, that that was kind of the question that I, that I had when I finally heard this is of all the stakeholders that Disney has, whether you're talking about employees or fans or you know whatever, like, or yeah. like there's no one that I can think of that would be like, no, we should keep this guy around. I mean, it was bad from the beginning. I mean, I I hate I. I kind of like when we're wrong because it's a chance to be humble and it makes you feel seem sincere in the mind of the audience. Like that's a very powerful thing. It's it's actually way harder to to sell it when you're right. But I mean, we've been calling this from the beginning. Like this so, guy sucked from the beginning. It was a bad decision. This it was is, this poorly is implemented. A good day. This is this is. I mean, it's it's a good is day. It though? Is it but, though? But we'll we'll, we're, we'll we're, get into that. There's it's, a, it's, it's the. Ladies and gentlemen, put your seatbelts on. This is going to be the best seven hours of podcasting that you've ever experienced. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many. There's so many layers to this onion because this is this is kind of the the best circumstance for the moment that we're in right now. So this is this is good news. Don't get me wrong. But when we were talking about this, we weren't talking about uh, Bob Chapek because we thought that this was going to be a vast change for the Disney company. We were upset because we thought it was going to be more of the same. We didn't necessarily think that it was going to be substantially worse. We just thought it was going to be more of the same. Uh, so as a parks fan, let's not pretend that Bob Iger is the savior. Yeah. But what he, what he did do is he is a, uh, stable voice in that seat, uh, that did well for the company itself. So if he at least stabilizes the public persona of the company in the eyes of Wall Street, then the actual problems could potentially get fixed. And that's, that in itself is a good thing. I'm a little less eager to say that it's – I understand why you're saying it's good news because Chapek was terrible. My concern is that the fact that this happened at all speaks to the degree to which this company is in turmoil. Oh, it the absolutely is. It has succession. a branding issue right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the way that this baton was passed initially with well, let's, you know, let's talk COVID, about that. COVID happening and Iger was like kind of in, but kind of out. And Chapek was kind of in and kind of out. Like that is and, – and I think what makes this conversation <laughs> so hard – and I apologize for being disjointed here, but I, that's the problem. It's, it's a yep. disjointed conversation because the, the proper way to discuss this – depends on the lens through which you're looking at it from. So if you're Wall Street, there's certain things that matter. If you're a Parks fan, there's certain things that matters. If you're if you're just a you care about morality and ethics and how companies should run and sort of corporate social responsibility, that's a different lens. And and those don't you know, I think if you Venn diagram them, there's some overlaps there, but there's also some places where they're different, which means it's really hard to have a conversation about it that's meaningful and compelling and sort of fair and unbiased because there's just so many aspects to it. But I think at the heart of this is that when you look at Bob Chapek, he was failing at all of them. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. that's that's the thing that's the I've real got a problem. List. <laughs> I figured there'd be a spreadsheet, but you know, if if you have a CEO, I'm, I'm gonna give a, a a comparison I've done before to Apple. Mm-hmm. Tim Cook is a very political CEO, the CEO of Apple. Uh-huh. He has taken Apple from being an electronics company to being a company that is very much a social activist. They're very vocal about their social positions. Many Other of which, than they don't care about China. 
<laughs> many of which I don't agree with, by the way, but that's besides the point. But but the fact remains that at least they have been successful in they have taken an opinionated position and stood by it faithfully. <laughs> the problem with Disney is that Chapek didn't really do that. He tried to be everything to everyone. And pissed and off ended both up sides. Being, yeah, he, he ended up with no fans <laughs> at all. It was impressive, actually. Like, it was very impressive. It, it uh, the was. level like, of incompetence was, the, was Im- truly impressive. To be able to fuck up on every possible aspect simultaneously with a level of aplomb that makes you look like you've done it your whole life is incredible. Because, and the thing you got to remember is this, this guy in general is not a failure. He managed to rise to the top position of one of the world's largest corporations, which you don't do by being stupid, which you don't do by being unlikable. So he obviously had some uh, acumen. But he well, never had to be public facing. That's the biggest thing. Until he was head of parks and resorts, he never had to be public facing. He could do, he could speak in corporate buzzwords in in conference rooms and have it be hidden behind that. And as the persona gets put out there, people just realize that, uh, all right, this guy has been in corporate America for 30 years and sounds like it every time that yeah. he opens his mouth. But, uh, I mean, he, he absolutely still- has had successes. He had the Disney vault. That's on his resume. And that's that was something that allowed them to resell the same movie every seven years. Yeah. And that's that's a pretty damn good, impressive thing that he uh, that he spearheaded. But and if some of the reports were, see, yeah. To, yeah, if some of the reports are believed to be true that came out today, it, he definitely does not sound like he was liked behind the scenes. He seemed, it doesn't and, sound like that and, at all. Yeah, and I, I, I've had coworkers at my current job that worked under him under the home uh, video distribution department went back when he had that up, and he was a very odd person to work for. Very mm-hmm. odd. Uh, a very odd. I think around the, the office. Right- as someone who's never met him but just seen him, I hear seems a lot like the of right these word. stories come out yeah, now. That the stuff that we've seen on TV is what he was behind the scenes as well, and that and I guess kind of my opening argument for for Iger on this is I I don't know if things are going to change drastically. I just know he has a lot better bedside manner than right. Bob Chapek. He's so let, let's wait. cut. I want to. I I know I'm interrupting and I apologize, but I'm, We're gonna I'm do responding a lot of to something that she said. <laughs> What was the problem? Because if we're if we're gonna like truly be analytical here and say, I can tell you exactly what the problem was. Okay, well, I, I, go ahead and do that <laughs> first by going through the reasons why he didn't get fired. This is this is the list that I prepared. <laughs> he didn't get fired because he paid ten million more to Scarlett Johansson. He didn't get fired because he hired the BP oil spill guy to do damage control, and that guy then leaks the opening date for Cosmic Rewind. He didn't get fired because he was too woke, as some major media outlets have been saying, or not woke enough, whatever the, whatever they said. He didn't get fired because he pissed off Ron DeSantis or any of the parks things like Genie Plus or harmonious being a Disney concert because people like that sort of thing. He didn't get fired because he brought the target dog during a parks and resorts presentation or because he referred to AP holders as part of an unfavorable attendance mix. Uh, he didn't get fired because adults don't watch animated movies. He didn't get fired because of a lackluster D23 expo. He got fired because the stock price was down more than 20% and they cut the dividend. He also got fired because Bob Iger was willing to come back and fix his own final mistake. If Bob Iger was unwilling to come back, when they reached out to him on Friday, Bob Chapek would still be the CEO. They wouldn't fire him because that would send the stock price further down the hole. And that's all they care about. This was primarily a stock price decision. 
Okay, but we got to make sure that we're differentiating between causes and effects here. Because while I agree that he didn't get fired for any one of the things that you mentioned, I find it hard to believe that the stock price doesn't reflect the aggregate effect of all of the things that you mentioned. That's when fair. You, when you but chronically make were- bad decisions, Wall Street is eventually going to be like, uh, yeah, like, they have, they, we have no confidence. We in don't this guy. like this. Yeah, he doesn't I mean, know how to do it. But uh, if, yeah. if he had done all of those things and somehow the stock price was up twenty percent as opposed to down twenty percent, he would very much be employed. I think and, that's an absolutely fair and defensible statement for right. sure. So some of these things, like you know, paying off ScarJo, uh, the fight with Ron DeSantis that was largely politically motivated, Genie Plus, all of that stuff, none of that is really the driver of the stock price. It's the lack of bedside manner, the lack of knowing how – he doesn't have his and, own Xenia Muka yeah. to spin this shit. And, and that's, the, that's part of the problem for him. And, and I do think part of that – I agree with everything you said there – uh, but and not like we should take credit for this or anything, but I do think there is a level uh, of um, guest dissatisfaction. Like, like completely, it, it got it got vocal enough that the board did finally have to step in and go. You know, this company is built on the back of making our customers and our guests happy, and yep. they are not happy right now. And it, again, us with a podcast, people with blogs, we don't matter. It's my dad who went on a trip this summer and came back very dissatisfied with all the extra, you know, nickel and diming that went on. And the way he was treated wasn't like what he got used to. It's the commoners. It's the, it's the, it's the average folks who are getting vocal enough about it that they finally had to step up and go, Oh crap. We don't care about this 2% that's, that's screaming from the rooftops, but that other 60% that's right behind them, that is making their next vacation decision and their next purchase decision. And are are they going to subscribe to our streaming service? They're starting to get unhappy. That's a huge problem to go along with the dipping stock price. So I do think that for, for one, I mean, cause Guess we're guess we were dissatisfied at times with Eisner. We were dissatisfied with Iger at times, but it was never to <laughs> the point. Most of the time, that, we were dissatisfied with Iger. Yeah, yeah I the, mean, the, the the board. I the, think finally we're basically st- happy to have our ex wife back. At this Pretty point. much, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very unhealthy sort of thing that we're dealing with right <laughs> it's now. It's an abusive relationship. Let's call it, it very much is. He only beats me once a week. <laughs> I do think that interview that he had at that business conference, where he basically just referred to all the guests as like statistics. Yeah. That was it to me the 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 nail in the coffin. The way he was just sitting back, kind of hands on his stomach, like an evil you know villain in a Bond movie, and just talking about yeah, he looks we like are Lex, ta- Lex Luthor would. We are like, taking that. we are we are taking as much money out of these people as we possibly can, and we love it. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. We know you're doing that to us, but don't be so upfront and, and obvious about it. Yeah. hide it. And I think in what did you either- say with tomorrow? He at least tickled their balls first. What did you say, yeah. Josh? Yeah, you quote me. <laughs> I, I, and I do think Iger's opening letter to the company, the the words that he used, the 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 the, the you know respect for the the, the bringing the creativity back in all the company that that's great. Yep. But like he did refer to the guests, he referred to the cast members. He actually used words in there that made me think that they they knew when this went out public that this was a different language than what we've been hearing over the last two and a half years right. uh, coming from a robot. Completely, completely. Yeah, I I, I think that a lot of – I'm, I'm going to comment on what Ben said there. And this is uh, – you know, I, I don't like ad hominem arguments. That's the right word, right? Um, 
Uh, who knows? Look, whether you think it's <laughs> Google homophone, it. whether you think it's fair or not, the fact of the matter is that when you are the figurehead of a multi-billion-dollar multinational corporation, charisma matters. And you know, we especially at this company, and there's only a handful of companies where that's true. I don't think that's true. I, I think. Well, when, I, I think. I think, I think it does for like at this level where it's mainstream, uh, where the there is a significant percentage of Americans who know who the Disney CEO is versus who knows who like the CEO is of pick a Coke. similarly sized company that isn't Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good comp. Okay. That's what right. I that's a fair point. Okay, that's a fair point. I guess I maybe I am so entrenched in my own biases. Utilidors.com. Only the fool thinks he's won. Extra <laughs> for 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 boob Iger. <laughs> I, I I just think that there there's this concept of promoting people to incompetence, and that's sort of what happened to Bob Chapek. Yeah, he, failing he, upwards. He, had, he he failed up to a position that he I, I think. I think the thing that's so sort of tragic about this is that we all saw it coming. I mean, yep. look, we like to couch <laughs> there ourselves. There are plenty of people being, that said he is going to be a scapegoat for what will be a rough time for the company. And that's exactly yeah. what he is. Yeah. And he is of Bob Iger's making. Bob Iger hand handpicked him or otherwise didn't handpick a better option. So he was the default when a pandemic came down. Yeah. Please hold this rifle, Mr. Oswald. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it'll be fine. By the way, if you could just run panically through the streets, that would be great. I saw somebody make the comparison between uh, like the Leno, Conan, Fallon comparison, and I didn't yeah. like it because that makes Chapek uh, Conan, and Conan's the guy who I like the most out of that. Also, uh, it would also indicate that like I don't know, I'm I'm a bigger Jimmy Fallon fan than Jay Leno fan, but uh, Conan as the bad guy in this situation as Chapek is not the way that I wanted to draw it. But the the facts of it notwithstanding, Bob Chapek was put into a lousy position, but he was probably not the person – well, clearly not the person to satisfy that position. And it's entirely possible that anybody else put in that position would have failed as well. But perhaps they would have done it with a little bit more fucking decorum than yeah. – Well, what, uh, do you, than he what do you think his biggest failure was? Let, let's try and really drill down here and say, and say what did he do wrong? And was he predestined he to fail? I think he was tone deaf to what the actual issues were in front of him. He was too driven by actual numbers and uh, spreadsheets. And I know that's blasphemous coming from me, but I, I suspect that that was the driver of anything and every decision he made yeah. that he, he didn't he, understand the je ne sais quoi. He, I don't know that he has ever, it, it does, you're not seeing people come out of the woodwork saying that this guy was a great manager of people. Uh, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> that that's you're not seeing those stories right now. You're seeing no one has called him a leader. Imagineers come out and say every other head of parks and resorts, every other CEO has come in, and even if it was just lip service, I think they mentioned uh, uh, Tom Morris mentioned Paul Pressler specifically. Said it may have just been for show, but he at least had the decency to talk to me and ask what I've contributed to the company over the decades that I've been here. Uh, uh, and Chapek never did that. And this isn't just in the 22 months that he was CEO. He was head of Parks and Resorts for four years. And Tom Morris is, you know, pro at the time, probably a top 10 Imagineer from a uh, longevity standpoint in the company. So, like, those are the types of things that you just hear those stories. And that's like, all right, well, where, where were you two years ago when this type of stuff came down? But I'll hmm. say I his biggest know. mistake was harmonious. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
joking aside, let's let's back up a little bit. And okay. instead of focusing on Chapek himself, let's focus on the organization as a whole. And and I just got to ask you, how did this happen? I mean, how do we as outsiders who are just fans of the parks and basically three dudes that have a podcast, how did we have the insight into this when people with NBAs and doctorates and... You're saying it right now. You're listing it right now. They are discouraging creativity in yeah. a company that was built off of it. They but how did focused- that happen? I mean, like back up for like, how did the train get off the tracks here? I think it was that not the train came off a track is that a plane hit a mountain. I think it literally goes back that far. I don't that, appreciate your Mexican metaphors, yeah. but I take it as disrespect. Uh, it's I'm I'm talking about the Eisner Wells days that you could look oh. at this as going back that far. It was a helicopter, but now uh, I understand okay, better what you're saying. Yes, that I I think you can you could argue that it went back that far because Iger's approach to this has not been necessarily to create, but it's been to acquire and to find creatives and buy them. Uh, hmm. find libraries of content. All right, we have a problem with the adult male demographic. All right, let's just go buy them. We Let's buy Marvel. Let's buy Star yeah. Wars. Problem solved. Uh, right. Rather than trying to find a way to create. They've been, not to say that they've been bereft of creativity for a decade and a half. That's not true. But they've done less creating than they have acquisitions to get that content. Or investing. So, I mean, it... it I, I don't know if it's fair to say, you know, it, we always talked about Walt having his Roy. Walt, mm-hmm. Walt was the creative and Roy was the one that kept him grounded. And then you had Eisner who wanted to spend to the moon, but you had Frank Wells to kind of keep him grounded. Right. It, this is like you had the financial guy making all the decisions with no creative guy there to convince him of, you know, why we need to be doing this other stuff. It was all bottom line driven. All how is this going to make us money? Not in the other direction of how is this going to make our guests happy? I think you've got to look as well as the creatives that they've had in this company as well. So uh, maybe it doesn't necessarily go as far back as as Eisner and Wells, but that did lead to Iger taking over. And Iger uh, mended that relationship that um, Eisner fractured with Pixar, and that mm-hmm. brought, brought John Lasseter and the creative team at Pixar into the fold. And John Lasseter uh, was the biggest asset creatively that Disney had until the Me Too movement. And we find out what type of person he is. But creatively, Jack, I'm kind of regretting that decision. All he ever did was rub someone's knee during a meeting. <laughs> Want a hug? <laughs> yeah. A little, but, little, but little bad touches. Bad, bad touches and alcoholism aside, uh, he was a an immensely uh, creative person that added billions of dollars to Disney's bottom line. And my understanding was that Iger was not a big fan of his, uh, probably in part because of some of the Me Too stuff. But I think also there was a jealousy and ego driven thing as well that this guy is far better received than Iger was back in yeah, the day. Yeah, Iger well, never that- got to finger anyone during an earnings call. <laughs> I, I think I- <laughs> you, you could definitely tell it during that time during park expansions, uh, especially yeah. like Lasseter Last- wanted you to know that this was his. Mm-hmm. This was his decision. I made this. This was mine. And yeah, you can definitely see how that, and I think it even came up in Iger's book a bit where he tries to give him more credit, give himself more credit about what he did in the parks than he, you know, maybe actually did besides uh, approving uh, stuff going out there. But yeah, during that time period, it was definitely uh, the Lasseter show when it came to anything going into the parks. 
But there was how many victory tours has Bob Iger taken? We're on, I believe, number three now with this uh, news coming down uh, I yesterday. Mean, would it be safe to say he is the Brett Favre of the uh, the yeah, entertainment industry? Yeah, that's a pretty industry. good comparison. That's pretty. <laughs> uh, except he again doesn't have the. Uh, uh, well, we don't know if we're going to have uh, dick pics texts texts from uh, uh, from Bob Iger. Uh, we can all, all we can do is dream. <laughs> <laughs> it also goes to I don't think this is a two year deal. Like that's the other thing. (laughs) No, honestly, that was, you talk about tone deaf. Why does this company insist upon painting itself into boxes that it can't actually sustain itself within? I don't, I've never seen more unforced errors from a huge corporation than I do from Disney. They're the own source of their own contradictions. Like stop saying this shit. Just do what you want to do. It doesn't make any sense. That two years is potentially viable because he's that, old. Well, he, I mean, he's he's sixty five, but he looks better is than he only sixty five. Yeah, I, mean, I actually he, thought he was. I thought he was in his seventies. Eisner's he, he looks. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Was Eisner? Uh, Iger is sixty five. Oh Jesus Christ! All right, I got him confused. My yes. apologies. <laughs> I've been drinking a little. Yes, anyway. I, Iger, who's I was, Iger, is sixty five. Yes. Okay, I thought he was 70. He does look great for his age. Um, and, I mean, Bob Chapek is in his 60s as he well. He probably can't so. smile to save his life due to all the Botox, <laughs> but God bless him. So here's the thing. If they if they had an internal candidate, and if that internal candidate was the best person for the job, I still think that if Iger was willing to come back, that bringing Iger in, even at, on an interim basis – makes the most sense for Wall Street because Wall Street, anybody else that they would replace Bob Chapek with would be an unknown. Yeah. So that's, but, but here's that's the problem. why you bring in Iger if he's amenable to it. Here's the problem though. The way they did it, they bought themselves at least at a maximum 24 months. Yeah. So the thing is they had a chance to Two execute. Two years and Iger's speak is five years though. That's the thing that Ben is getting. Yeah, at. but, but, you're talking about Wall Street. They had a chance to execute a succession plan whenever they wanted with a person who was yep. able to do the job. Yep. But by virtue of rushing it, ostensibly to get Iger out before the consequences of COVID hit, yep. they've now put themselves in a horrific situation. I, I don't know. Maybe it's brilliant. I don't know. Because I suppose the year over years are good when you compare them to when the park was closed for <laughs> months and months and months. I, I don't know. Maybe Can there's some- talk about br- how they're behind universal in attendance, by the way? That in itself uh, is impressive. I mean, maybe there's some genius engineering behind this, but it just seems like gross incompetence well, from where well, I sit. This happened well, way too quickly for there to be logic. And also the uh, – That's a fair point. When Iger gets rid of the park reservation system, will they, will they still be behind Universal? Uh, possibly not. And that's something – we can talk about like what he actually has to do. Uh, yep. we'll, we'll, we'll get down that path. But I think if you look at what they announced, which was – Bob Iger's coming back effective immediately. He's going to actually uh, close out the Elton John show, and uh, he'll be there at Dodger Stadium to uh, turn the lights out. They have – they said that they had internal candidates. Uh, whether that's true remains to be seen, but I imagine his, that if anybody – they, they did. His name was Goofy. Okay. They have uh, – Goofy is uh, candidate number one. I think Scrooge <laughs> McDuck is number two, oh, which is going to be another bean counter. But uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's your, that's your um, Eisner and Frank Wells right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we got to rewind, you know, seven years when Bob Iger started his succession plan. And it was, we're going to groom Jay Rizzullo and Tom Staggs and yep. whichever one comes out on top. 
will be the new CEO. And what was the description of of Stags? It was like an oddly waifish man of anemic personality. It was <laughs> whoever came up with it was uh, a wordsmith, but it like was crippling to any any chance he had. And I'm sure that there was other things internally as well. But Jay Rizzullo kind of had the evil villain persona as well uh, as CFO and head of Parks and Resorts. And he was in charge when they weren't building anything. Tom Staggs kind of got the end of New Fantasyland from a Parks perspective and was able to make the swap out of the Princess Meet and Greets to the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Uh, but from a Parks perspective, the person that was at the head of it when they announced a ton of growth was actually Bob Chapek. Um, and... Whether or not he deserves any credit for that, I don't know that we're ever going to really know, uh, or whether it's just that the board and Iger said, here's some money, you got to spend it somewhere. But in in any of this, there was no succession plan that came to be. I think what happened uh, that put Bob Chapek in that position happened probably just as quickly as his removal, where they probably had uh, insight into the seriousness of COVID before it was mainstream in the U.S. And they said, we need to make a decision. And Bob uh, Iger said, I don't want to be part of this. I was supposed to retire three years ago. So you guys figure it out. And Bob Chapek's the best person for the job. And it very well could have happened that quickly, where uh, this this was... Bob Iger contacted on a Friday. If the story is to be, to be believed, he's named CEO on Sunday. It could have been that quick from a COVID standpoint. I can't it, believe we have that psycho smiling, bad haircut, fat shaming CFO to thank for that based on the reports. What do we? I'm sorry, I'm not getting the reference. What's her name? The uh, the CFO. Oh, I forgot that we had the uh, the portion size she, thing. She's yeah. the one that called. You know, evidently made the first call to Iger <laughs> to get this ball rolling on Friday. Okay. Okay, good on her. Uh, <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. Who would have thought she'd be our hero? <laughs> I wonder if she was the one that also. What was the name of that interventions exhibit that they had to change like, like seven minutes after it opened? Um, you are fat. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. Oh god, this company has done some dumb shit over the last few decades. Hey, fatty. <laughs> 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 but some but, of all coronaries. <laughs> um, the the thing that you Ben, you mentioned Bob Iger's book, and every every time I read a book, because it happens so infrequently, I like to acknowledge that I've read it, and I did read this one. That's the worst <laughs> humble brag I've ever I heard know. in my life. That was ripping, so poorly executed. I'm, I'm ripping myself. That's the that's I, the I joke. Know, there I don't now. even know how to process it. <laughs> anyway, so in it, he by his own admission stated that he wasn't really a Parks guy. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, I mean, actions also <laughs> reinforce that. So for, for those of us on this call that are fans of the parks, uh, I can't imagine much is going to change. No, we no. have some announced projects and I don't want to necessarily get too far away from what we were talking about before, but Tron is still going to open in the next seven years. That's good. <laughs> There's a pretty decent chance that this it, – it's very unlikely that this means the cancellation of the Splash Mountain redo because Bob Iger was no. not a fan of Song of the South. Yeah. Uh, so that's – like he doesn't have to even make that decision. That decision's already been made for him. Yeah. Um, so that probably gets approved. And the other projects uh, are already too deep. They didn't announce anything 
at D23 Expo. So pretty much everything that they're working on is announced. So what it probably means is that like the Animal Kingdom things that were announced at the D23 Expo, those all right, they may not be moving forward. I'm devastated. Uh, the Beyond Big Thunder things, I don't know that they were seriously being considered anyway. But See, at I, least in the I, form I, that they were presented, those probably aren't happening either. I, I'm leaning the other way. I think there might be some money put towards uh, expansion be. of the parks. It, it, one, I think that was one thing that was taken from that book by a lot of people about Iger recognizing that he wasn't a big parks guy. This could be his chance to correct that because he be. is working yeah, on that, his, That's what I was going to say. It's a huge chance to pander to the people that hate him the most. Yeah, and that's sure. the other thing. There, like, he gonna can be a try to build up goodwill here. that way. So yeah. he could look at, all right, what do I actually need to do? So not necessarily, I mean, he's probably thinking selfishly. Uh, He wouldn't come back if there wasn't a massive ego boost here because the biggest mistake of his career was leaving in February and appointing Bob Chapek. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it. I don't know of anything that was a bigger mistake in his career at Disney. And if that's his legacy, he would probably – I think he actually even said it that he regrets recommending Bob Chapek. But whether he would acknowledge that as the biggest mistake of his career, who knows? One, Iger is definitely a massive legacy guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so that does matter here. And he's also spent the better part since, you know, he left 11, what, months ago, spending a lot of time criticizing Chapek publicly. Yeah. Yeah. And the the best way, you know, now that you have that seat, if you're going to spend a, 11 months criticizing him and then you get that power back, you probably should, you know, do what you've been saying and correct those mistakes that you've been pointing out. And, and – I can see him going in there and like a lot, not saying anything that's going to change right now. Like that, that is one thing to remember. Like a lot of people are like, oh, Genie Plus will go away tomorrow. Iger's so, had his hand in this stuff up until 11 months ago. He was in the mix. He was well aware of Genie Plus when he was CEO going through the mix. It, that That's on his clock. Uh, that kind of stuff is all going to stay. I do think park reservations and a few things like that, that that'll help make the guests a little bit happier to go Good away uh, you know yeah. uh, uh park hopping after 2 p.m that's an easy one take that away park hopping is now all day again there's a few things like that can take it away but you know genie plus is here uh now maybe he can correct some of the stuff that we hate about it and make yeah. it a better value but the days of like old fast pass and some of that we're not turning the clock back by any means on that kind of stuff. Yeah, that doesn't make sense for them Iger was well aware of all this stuff, and he never stepped in when it was being pitched from the, from the get-go. That stuff's not going away. So I had a, uh, a friend give me a call today uh, saying a, that – You have a friend besides us? Well, let, let's let's be honest. Let's, let's call him a work associate. So, so uh, Ber- which one was it, Bergen or Wakefield? Which one uh, called Neither you? of them. I did text Bergen today, but that was another okay. thing. Um <laughs> So he is going to be down in Florida about an hour away next week and is looking for a recommendation for bringing the kids over for a day. And I said, all right, well, here's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of variables here. I know the kids' ages. I said, all right, you're going to want to go to the Magic Kingdom. It may not be available. What do you mean it may not be available? Uh, you could buy a ticket for it, but that ticket doesn't guarantee you admission. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Trying to explain this to him logically, which it is impossible because it is illogical. Up until December 8th, if you buy a one-day ticket for the Magic Kingdom, uh, you are not guaranteed admission to the Magic Kingdom for the day that you purchase it for because you also need to subsequently buy a or get a uh, park reservation. And the two days in question, one of them the Magic Kingdom had availability, the other one it didn't. So I 
pointedly told him that and handed him off to a uh, travel agent that we use for tickets and whatnot and said she can better explain the stupidity behind this but this is what you're facing right now with the current disney company um and even though bob Iger uh took over 13 hours ago at the time of the call with him it's like hasn't quite fixed this issue yet so that type of stupidity that we've been well, complaining about for a while yeah. those are the goodwill things that Yes, they may cost them some things on a spreadsheet from a scheduling standpoint, but what it makes up for is it improves those guest satisfaction numbers for something that shouldn't be a detriment in the first place. What, did you see Iger's tweet tonight? No. He said first thing he wants to get taken care of is he wants to make it to where Gary Hall can go to the Magic Kingdom without having to check in at uh, Epcot first. Okay. Uh, so he's making that a priority, which I know Gary is going to be – He'll probably get back to the parks more often if he doesn't have to go uh, scan it at Epcot, then take the monorail back to the Magic Kingdom. It's it's uh, it's going to make his uh, experience a lot better. <laughs> I'm, I'm going on Twitter right now to see if he actually posted anything, and I'm seeing this, and I'm going to give credit. He did not credit. post about Gary. No. He didn't. Oh, I, I figured that. He only responds to me. So a, uh, a, a very good Twitter troll that has uh, gone after me periodically, uh, a guy named Michael Sheehy, uh, says, I'm listing all of Josh DeMauro's accomplishments in his 22 years. We have not talked about him one iota yet. Uh, reasons he should keep his job. 2019, he smiled. 2020, he <laughs> hugged some cast members. 2021, he cried with cast members. 2022, he wore the hell out of a sweater. There you have it. Don't fire Josh. Honestly, that's stronger than JPEG's resume by a lot. But, but to your point, we, we talked about this on the last show uh, like three months ago that at the D23 Expo, like there was a lot of sizzle and no steak with what Josh Tomorrow said. But at the same time, it was well received in the room because of who he was, his demeanor. The uh, he served it to you on a silver platter. It might have been a piece of shit, but he still served it to you on a silver platter. So what Bob Chapek was doing is he was serving you that piece of shit on the trash can lid, and it really is a uh, it's a problem with messaging more than anything. But at the end of the day, stock prices down, they cut the dividend. That's why he's out. That's really what it comes down to. And Bob Iger coming back to fix his own mistake um, is really true Disney fashion because we ch- we talk about Disney creating a problem and charging this for the solution. Yeah. Bob Iger created this problem and now he is getting paid to fix it. So, Brilliant. <laughs> and he didn't have to deal with the bullshit of COVID for two years. It's the so, most capitalist <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. He is the personification of the modern day Disney company in that It's respect. amazing. Yes, it really is. It really is. I do want to rewind He's back. Gotta to be, you got to just think that he just is smiling and laughing with a huge erection 24-7 <laughs> with the life he's leading. I mean, this guy is just fucking soloed under a lucky star for his whole life. God yeah. bless him. Um, they, in the the language in like that letter that they, uh, the board put out, they said he was uniquely qualified. And that is, that is absolutely true. There was nobody <laughs> else on the planet that could have come back in like this and Who's, made the stock price. Who could possibly move. fix a problem better than the guy that invented it? Right. I well, mean, exactly. Well, that's part of the problem. uniquely qualified. Um, but I mean, from the, the biggest thing that they wanted was the after hours trading, the the fact that the stock price, I don't know what it finished at today, but it was up probably seven, eight percent uh, on the day. Uh, I think it was the best day that it had since August. Up, up it's 6%. up six point three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what does that put it at? Like just under 100? 97. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that was 
nothing changed under other than like uh, the last name of the CEO. That's effectively all that changed in 24 hours. But the stock price received a 7% hit. And actually, Bob Chapek's departure package got 7% wealthier as a result of that uh, being Bob Iger as opposed to anybody else on the planet. And that is why like, it's the best possible scenario for this moment. But if it's really if it's only two years and there's a uh, succession plan in place, a lot of that is unknown. I believe that the Disney company doesn't have anybody in house that they want Bob Iger to groom, and that they are probably going to do a half-assed job of the search committee for for somebody. They already uh, it, did that, weren't they? About to appoint like the uh, I heard months ago. I read that uh, there was like the CFO at Nike was in the running. Like there, there's no a idea. there's a few very high profile people, and they all turned it down, which tells you something. And that's I what it's going to have to be. Like there's there's going to have to almost be either recruitment of somebody else to serve under Iger for a little bit, and whether that's bringing back some of the other candidates. There's been plenty of names that have been floated around. I think Ben, what did you, you said? Uh, Brian Roberts of uh, of Universal. Whether that's yeah. at all on the table, that's somebody that could probably pick things up pretty quickly because he's he's also uniquely positioned as having led a similar enough company. Mm-hmm. But if it's a matter of like bringing Kevin Mayer back in the fold to say, all right, we are going to truly groom you. You are uh, now going to be head of parks and resorts because that's the one area that you didn't have in on your resume. Uh, like they can start doing things like that. Uh, and the quicker they act on those things, the more confidence you're going to see. But what I fear is that it's going to be more of the same from Iger, where he is reluctant to relinquish that power and nobody is good enough. and that's going to be part of whatever conversation they had. And I doubt that they had a true succession plan established in the 48 hours from when he was contacted to when he was named CEO. It just doesn't seem likely. Uh, They could say, hey, we've got these internal candidates and he could walk in tomorrow and fire all of them. I mean. Well, and that's why some of the reports tonight have come out and said it's, it's quite obvious it's going to be an external candidate come in. But I agree with Josh, like the two year deal did not need to be public. Like it's it's. I think that's a Wall this. Street thing. I think that's build confidence. How long is he here? That sort of thing. To say, so all one, right, we've righted the ship for at least two years. But to to I, me, more confidence is Bob Iger's back as CEO. I did Done. a little research here that's going to make you feel old. Uh oh. Um, so the the Nike person that I was talking about. Well, unless this is wrong, hang on, I might be wrong. Stand is by. Is it Michael Jordan? I'm fact checking myself. <laughs> Steve Mark Parker is, is the name of the guy that was. Uh, that sounds like a made up name. It does. He's a chairman of Nike, or okay. the chairman. I don't know if it's A or the. He owns the, a chair and he works at Nike. He does. It's all seems <laughs> it's correct. It's a gaming chair. It's pretty nice. It's, you know. I think the link that I clicked on, I think I'm big bamboozled by the internet right now. <laughs> but there was definitely talks amongst a lot of board members to appoint this sort of upper mid-level manager at Nike to be the interim CEO. This okay. was back in June from what I've seen. So the, the point I'm trying to make here is the, the disdain with uh, Chapek is not new, even within the board. But despite all of that, and it being very public, because I knew about it, it, it does seem like even the people that realized how unhappy the board was with him were surprised by how quickly this this actually unfolded when it did. Some other questions that we I think we have to ask is like is he a seat filler? Is that what is what he's going to be here? Um, where like all right, they've got other people that are actually doing the operations, but Bob Iger as a name gives the public face of the company a 
more more stable uh, public uh, public view? Um, or is he actually going to take some decisive actions and impactful actions? I mean, is he going to be captain acquisitions again? Is he going to go out and look for undervalued assets or overpay for assets that uh, like Fox? Is he going to launch a new project that would be part of his legacy, but further than two years out? Like, what is on the table here for what he's actually going to do? I do think that, as we said here, he do, he does need to garner goodwill. And there are some several short-term things that he can do that, as Ben said, like uh, parks-wise, is just a matter of pushing a button. So any number of those things, I think, would be on the table, including the removal of Genie Plus, but I think that's highly unlikely because it is a revenue stream and the goodwill gestures don't have to be turning off revenue streams. There are other goodwill gestures hey, that can be made. Make, you know make, how- make Genie Plus where it's, uh, you know, in the fine print says I get more than just two rides guaranteed a day. Uh, that would help. I'll, I'm okay with paying for it. It's the, the, the products that they put out there, it's not a negative deal that they want to make revenue off of. Guess that's fine. But make make the value back there again. And I don't – to me, again, that was JPEG. Like, I don't care. I'm getting 29 bucks a day out of these idiots. Just keep doing – it's fine. And and I hope we now have a guy back up there or it's, and it's going to groom the next guy to be like, you got to make these people happy. We get they, – they are, they are here to empty their wallets to us. That's what we need them to do. But damn it, just make them happy while they're doing it. There's so. a couple of, of big things that need to be addressed rather soon. Uh, one of them is they, they do need to reinstate the dividend. Uh, that will also see the stock price go up. And they need to get some sort of resolution to the Reedy Creek issue that Bob Chapek yep. created. And that presents a very interesting dynamic because clearly uh, – there was a level of disagreement between uh, DeSantis and Chapek that uh, manifested itself with mutual temper tantrums. With somebody else coming in, uh, it will be interesting to see how that all shakes out. The likeliest scenario is that the Reedy Creek Improvement District returns in some way, shape, or form uh, with mild concessions on both uh, on Disney's side, but fundamentally the same way. Maybe. Uh, maybe the state can put a couple of people on the board there or something like that, but Disney still has a majority. But it won't be anything that will largely impact the Disney company. However, it's still something that's hanging over the head of the Disney company and something that is probably going to be one of the first things that Iger has to uh, has to deal with. But if it's a situation where he's looking to garner goodwill, I don't know that anything other than reinstating the dividend is going to be the immediate thing for shareholders. Uh, for stakeholders like us, who very well may also be shareholders, uh, you got to look at park stuff. Uh, you got to look at Genie at uh, uh, Disney Plus content and what's going on in the movie theaters and make some decisions there as well. But I don't know what those decisions are. Hopefully, those things have already been discussed. But I I think that right now. Bob Chapek was was drowning and didn't ask for a life preserver in a lot of this stuff. And I don't really can, know what Iger is going to be able to do differently. Can we crap on Chapek some more real quick? Go for yep. it. Uh, because we were going to, again, just speaking to like the bedside manner and reading the room and, and, and knowing your audience and knowing your, your, your workforce – Last week, announcing that they're uh, within a day of each other, that they acquired a half-built cruise ship, yep. uh, that they were going to finish out and was going to have a new port. It was going to be on the other side of the world, blah, 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 blah. And then the next day announcing, oh, by the way, we're laying off uh, a ton of the workforce and hey, we're Bobby cutting back first. on everything. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like, Jesus, dude, the, you, you know, you gotta space this shit out a little bit better. You can't announce, you know, layoffs and cutbacks and even to the point, like, you're no longer allowed to travel for meetings. It all has to be virtual because yeah. we have to save every penny, but we're buying this massive cruise ship that we probably don't need uh i think and, and- i'm gonna give i'm gonna give some credit there because i think that was like a, a no-brainer decision for them it I probably think, was i think that like anybody on this call my my toddler would have been able to make that decision based on what that ship is no that it but was the good decision the good decision is buying it the bad decision is announcing that you bought it right right exactly That's yeah. The, yeah. it's the yeah. difference between fucking the babysitter and telling your wife that you fucked the babysitter right yeah. it's, i mean it's it's perfect <laughs> It's that, a that perfect. Works, right? uh, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, sure. It is a perfect example out, of right? how tone deaf he is. I don't even uh, have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a perfect example, Ben, of, of how tone deaf he is. That I think the idea of buying the Global Dream cruise ship is a big deal. Was probably a no brainer. Yes, they had to actually close the deal, but presumably it was the last big decision that JPEG made. Aside from saying, "Hey, we're not." spending any more money because I just bought a boat. But the <laughs> the optics of it, you're completely correct. Yeah. The, the optics of it are atrocious. And he, I guess he didn't have a, a popcorn bucket to release for the, uh, for the bad news. That's been their approach lately. Um, I do think that, you know, credit where it's due, buying that ship to get something that will be added to their uh, – pending fleet of i think this will now be the third uh, they're they've got a ship opening in 24 and a ship opening in, and two ships opening in 25 now something like that yeah something like that so they've got the treasure which they've announced they had another ship that they're building that i think was a four thousand passenger ship and then this one was originally a nine thousand passenger ship that they are making a six thousand passenger ship with extra stuff on it i guess have they announced which 3,000 passengers they're going to be killing? <laughs> uh, they fired them, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was the I other thing. That, I didn't I've put that on my list. Fired 30,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that just goes – we're just not used to this company being ran like a, a business publicly to our face. Uh, because coming off the bad quarter – It's been happening the, for, for – since the Iger administration, it, though. It's been happening for a decade. Just It, it has, but you know, Iger from time to time would wear a nice sweater – uh, yeah, and, he, he and, dropped the balls periodically. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, I mean, those two announcements were done for a reason. Coming off mm-hmm. that terrible quarter, he made the announcement about the cruise ship to uh, to to excite investors, but he also made the announcement of the cutbacks to excite the investors. Not anything to excite the Disney community and oh, the fan completely. base and the people that love the company. Uh, <laughs> they're very unique. This, the, there's not a lot of people. There, God, how many companies are there that are just have a army of people this loyal to it it's uh kiss and uh disney pretty much right that's it and um, uh, superhuman actually <laughs> uh but the, the, they're so devoted to this company that you just can't ignore them the way that he did and think you're going to get away with it for very long i think that's right there, first first off uh disney twitter was very entertaining last night <laughs> it was awesome uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, not to toot my own horn, but one of the things that I said was, you know, this is something that they should have announced at the D23 Expo, and <laughs> you would have gotten the actual ovation. There's Can you plenty imagine of if a- they'd have fired him on stage at D23? <laughs> what oh a baller God. move that would be. <laughs> How awesome would that have been? But mm. it was uh, the the number of things that were just going back and forth on Disney Twitter. Uh, I, strong, 
strongly encourage people to look at uh, the last 48 hours of just Chapek and Iger tagged. Uh, the the one that I the comment that I made that kind of blew up was you know. Chapek gets a lot of crap, but let's give him credit. He did return parking lot trams to two of the four Florida parks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which true. was, I think, retweeted around 100 times. He got about 1,200 likes. Uh, the the stuff that he did is so kind of laughable in hindsight. Like, he accomplished so much bullshit in under two years. The amount of damage that he did is very impressive. I mean, I'm I'm certainly glad that he's gone, but let's not pretend that they've got a Parks guy back in the mix or that they've got the Savior back in the mix. They have somebody that was stable back in the mix. That's what we've I got. Think you're, I, think you, I think we've all missed the biggest impact of this whole thing on the world, which is that what Bob Chapek is going to do for Spirit Halloween, I mean, <laughs> as a brand, I think that they are embarking on their greatest renaissance ever. That was another great uh, thing. It was see the uh, Disney CEO Spirit <laughs> Halloween costume. Um, <laughs> Spirit sold separately. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm, okay, I'm okay with stable, to be honest with you. I mean, it's stable is better than what we've had. Yep. Um, I wonder what happened. So there was a... <laughs> I, 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 so this is where the edit is, and it's yep. Tim saying, well, anything's better than Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think you, we got to be careful here. I, I, I do, I'm going to double down at the risk of being repetitive. I, I think while it's tempting, and I, I don't want to be n- negative and not optimistic, I, I think Bob Iger has demonstrated he has... He certainly has some skills. The fact of the matter is, we were very unhappy with him. We were. And I think the way that to, to interpret them going back to him after all this is a sign that the company is on the right track, in my opinion, is a little premature. What it really shows is they've got some massive internal decision making issues. Completely. Hopefully, this is indicative of the fact that they've recognized that and set the course straight. But I, I think only time is going to really show that to be the case or not. This has been a company that. For the better part of the last five years, if not longer, has been operating quarter to quarter. And this decision is largely no different. This is, as I've said a few times now, the best decision for right now. It is not necessarily the best decision long term, but could potentially lead to the better decision long term. But they, as you've said, have had a difficult time finding the successor. Bob Iger has attempted to retire for the better part of the last seven years, and they have not found a viable replacement. And I don't know whose fault that is. It very well could be Bob Iger's fault, and very likely is Bob Iger's fault. I was going to say, has he tried to retire for the better part of the last seven years? It wasn't a lot of this, the board driven, like that we want you to retire. And I don't want you to choose a succession plan, and he didn't do either. I don't know how. Yeah. and and, managed to fail at both. I think he dipped his toes into politics. We all we all know he wanted to, to maybe go that route, even the the rumors of the presidential run. And I he think can he have saw a that match with DeSantis. That'll be funny to watch. I I, I don't know how. Again, he's he is young. Uh, in in this in this CEO world, uh, you know, sixty five is not old. Uh, I think you said sixty five, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
he he did not seem very motivated to find his succession plan the first the, the last time around. He uh, did. He kept, it was him the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm completely wrong. I'm sorry. He's 71. I don't know where I had 65. <laughs> I thought he was in his 70s. I, I, Jeez, I, I was really fucked up. I'm like, God, I looked this up earlier. I'm, I don't know why I had 65 in my mind. Okay, I apologize. Thank, Jesus, I I have a lot of going on in my life right now, and I really thought this was <laughs> my damn mind because I was sure he was in his 70s. Uh, even 71's not that. That old. Uh, he looks not. like he's about 50. So yeah, he looks yeah. great. I mean, he the looks, guy great. looks great. But it, yeah, it's just has never seemed like he's been insanely motivated to leave this company. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he'll try to figure something out in two years, but it also wouldn't shock me if they say they've extended him another two years. That uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. At but that like, point. Doesn't what the company needs to do right now stop making decisions that they have to reverse publicly? <laughs> I mean, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the irony is that how it in the world- It hasn't bothered them for two decades, Josh. Why would it bother them now? Well, because as you said, the stock price is tanked. <laughs> so it's like all of – it's like – and this is this – is, this episode be, should be called just – Listen, motherfuckers, we told you this like five years ago because we've been saying this from the beginning. Like, Not sure if Podbean would approve the, the that. De- the decisions that this company has made. We have a show made, title now. We have always said they're going, you know, it's going to be, um, it's going to take some amount of time for the consequences of, of these decisions to read their heads and then they're going to be screwed. Yeah. I mean, we could, we just nailed this and I'm not trying to be self congratulatory here, but I mean, and it's, it's not even worth congratulating ourselves because it was so obvious. And to me, that's the thing that just makes this so bad is how in the world did this happen? Yeah. A CVS. Yeah. Pharmacy wouldn't have wouldn't have promoted this guy. Like how how at Disney did this guy end up as the top guy? How? I'm I'm, I'm looking for there's an office uh, reference and I'm now I'm not going to move beyond it because I'm, it's not coming to me uh, that was appropriate here. Um, so I don't want to get too far away from. Uh, B- bitching about Chapek and Iger, but uh, we haven't recorded in a couple months, and we've kind of we were touching on a few things. I joked about, hey, this could have been a D twenty three Expo announcement. There was a, a handful of things that have come out since then that are that were surprisingly not D twenty three Expo announcements. Uh, one of them they even called attention to it, and this is not parks related, but Deadpool three. I know Ben and I are very excited about that. Um, Harrison Ford and the Thunderbolts. Uh, and then Spider-Man's uh, new contract that are going to put him in the Daredevil. Uh, he's going to have three, three movies with Sony, two Avengers movies, and the uh, Daredevil Disney Plus series, all of which would have been great things to announce at the D23 Expo. Not as big as, you know, firing Bob Chapek, but uh, still things that I knew that in the original rundown of this show I wanted to talk about. So I figured Imagine we'd if they actually killed him on stage with a lightsaber. <laughs> Yeah, so like that lightsaber that like Demar got to play very carefully handled. <laughs> we absolutely could have a Chapek firing reference in Deadpool three. Just oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, no, this is a company that has demonstrated over and over again that it is very willing to be petty. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, some other things that were like news related items. Uh, Disneyland sold the magic keys for. A minute and a half. Um, this is also, again, my note here. AP holders are contingency plans. Thanks, Bob. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking it, asshole. That, that is a, uh, another thing we can go back on, though, and say that that's something Iger could implement in the next month and make people Bring happy back, as well. Yeah. Bring APs yeah. back. And I mean, I think if you're Bob Iger, you're obviously a guy that 
that knows he demonstrated very quickly that he knew when to exit the stage yep. and he now has demonstrated that he knew when it was time to walk back on and do the encore and there's so much low-hanging fruit now i mean like you yep. just said i mean it, it will take so little he doesn't have to he does not have to reinvent the wheel he just has to redeclare that the wheel is round and he will be the hero of the people i mean it's <laughs> there are plenty him. of there are plenty of parks related things that would be goodwill that are not expensive things to to uh initiate magic keys the if there is a true hang up for it it's staffing if they don't have the actual staffing to the to to see the parks be flooded with people again the parks are already flooded with people yep. um so they're doing something wrong but it's funny you say that i, I appreciate how you worded that uh the the other thing that they that they cut from the Florida version of it, they cut the photo pass thing, which doesn't cost them much of anything. Yeah, bringing something like that back, back again as a goodwill gesture, which I, we're bringing something back that you used to have is already frustrating. But mm-hmm. at the same time, that was one of the better things that they did in the last five years in terms of adding value without really costing them a ton of money. So those are the types of things that just stupid policy decisions that were made. I want to hear somebody on the record talk about their AP holder decisions. Like, is it truly Bob Chapek saying, hey, we want to move our client base upstream and have everybody paying a premium for these tickets and the AP holders are truly a burden? Or – is it is that like literally just his line of thinking and not anybody else in the companies? I hope it's his line of thinking and not anybody else because we were having this conversation at work the other day. There's a few people at my office who are diehard fans, as, uh, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, and you know my bosses roll their eyes at us when we talk about Disney again, and my bosses make a hell of a lot more money than I do. Right, and you know when when you are catering to the extremely rich, they don't want to go to Disney World. And if they do, it's a one-time thing. They're not they're not in it to come back time and time and time again. That's the the problem that you have with catering to these super rich is they have so much money that they can do other stuff than theme parks. Right. And when you do that, you take your eyes off of those people who are willing to come year after year, come multiple times a year. Uh they're you know they they're definitely we've talked about that several times that they are uh getting dangerously close to making those people not want to come at all. And you lose that base as well as having, you know, maybe the market that you're catering to not overly excited about, you know, that as a vacation option for their family. That's a, that's a dangerous game, man. So it's not something that we had ever heard with previous regimes. Uh, this is, you know, Chapek seems to be the outlier in the way that he addressed that situation and the people they were going after. Yeah. So hopefully it's him. I do think though, there are a lot of people, he's not the only problem. Uh, no, and, no. And Christy no. McCarthy, the CFO, uh, th- there's several in there who are, you mean just, the next CEO? Oh, don't say huh. that. Um, the thing that scares me is she's evidently on the the, the small panel that's going to work with Iger to find that next uh, to, to 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 rebuild what they need and then to also look for that next uh, CEO. Th- there are people. I'm within glad they're doing group. more focus groups. That's solved a lot yeah, of problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little worried with the. There seems to be more cleaning out that needs to happen, and it's not happening. And let's uh, let's, let's back up a step. You said a lot there. I think. I did. I kept rambling. Them, Sorry. 
No, it's okay. I, <laughs> it's not allowed on the show. I'm mainly concerned that I'm not going to be able to cogently respond to what you said. But a couple, the first thing you were talking about is catering to the rich. Yeah. And how, and you, I think the implication of what you're saying, and you can correct me if I'm reading this wrong, is that that it that isn't a valuable segment to cater to, and I, I don't and I don't agree with that at all. It, um, it is. They, it, I, I do think it is, but it's there one-offs. is a there is a when you look at margin, there is an incredible margin to be made on those people. You, you know, the incremental cost of giving them the experience that they get for that VIP Disney experience is it that's good for the company. It's not bad for the company. To they cater don't have to those them. offerings anymore. No. Well, the the problem is not that they're catering to the higher end. The problem is that they're the problem is that their decision making is tone deaf to the guest in general. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that I think even obviously if you have infinite money you could probably get a better experience than if you're me. But the fact of the matter is, if you go back twenty years, the average guest experience was better than even what the ultra wealthy are getting right now. Mm-hmm. So the problem isn't the stratification of guests. It's that the guest experience stopped being the priority and that they started creating this hierarchy of guest experiences, which is not consistent with the entire value proposition of what they offer to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just to me, they lost their way. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just that simple. Um, they, I, I, I've had, I've had friends that are super wealthy that have gone. And the only thing that they pay for more than I do is they stay at a nicer resort. They don't buy the stuff in the parks like I do. They didn't buy a lightsaber. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. It was basically that, that's staying how they in got a nice place. Rich, buddy. <laughs> oh, I, I don't disagree with you. I've at been in a lot of rich people's home, seen yep. zero lightsabers. <laughs> no, I don't disagree with you at all there. But that's. I mean, you don't Disney, put that on display D- if you're going to use it. <laughs> True. Disney's County. I carry Disney. my concealed in my anus. <laughs> you got a permit for that. Disney's <laughs> counting on those people to spend a lot of money in the parks every day. Uh, and, and I don't know. They're, they're, but they're not spending on the merchandise, but they're still no. spending. They're still as a per guest. Uh, like, let's speak in Do we know this JPEG for terms. sure? Do we know this 100%? No, or is this JPEG saying, yeah, saying stuff to kind of justify his decisions? Well, but I, I mean, look, I, it's got to be business. the decision making, though. I mean, he's treating people like numbers. Yeah. And yeah. we've yes, all been in corporate problem. America in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we've all been treated like numbers as an employee. Uh, as a consumer, that's the same thing. I mean, think of what we spend on vacations. Is it is it that difficult? If you had a $20,000 vacation budget, how far would you get in Disney? Uh, if you wanted to just go for, all right, I'm going to stay at the suite, uh, suite at the Contemporary you maybe get a 10 day vacation out of that, right? For like your 20 grand, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And then you look at what you can do with 20 grand as a vacation yeah. budget anywhere else on the planet. That's yeah. And I, that's, that's where you see that value proposition just being uh, drying up. Like Disney brought on uh four seasons so that they would have a hotel that, was priced appropriately for the service level you were getting because they couldn't provide it. The Grand Floridian is not as good as a Four Seasons in, and, and, you know, and the, pick your city the, in the world. The super rich usually have enough points or something. I've had people stay at the Four Seasons, but they're staying there because they have points or they have mm-hmm. things like that. They're not even paying to stay at the super luxurious resort. They're staying there because it's technically free to them based on, uh, you know, the, the, the way they manage their money and, and travel to other places. So you that's something that... 
it doesn't have to be a $20,000 vacation. And we've said this for a while now that people are reassessing the, their vacation budgets. And we are still on the heels of rage vacations, people that had pent up needs to travel post COVID. Uh, that potentially will dry up or it certainly would have under the current under the previous management. I'm going to refer to JPEG as that. Uh, but if you get more of the same, then that will dry up. And those are some of the problems that they need to anticipate. And when you're thinking quarter to quarter, that anticipation simply isn't there. It's let's create yeah. a new revenue stream as opposed to actually solving the problems that are that are existing. I, All right, it, let's let's aim for the center field fence here. Does Bob Iger announce a fifth grade? No. Not son either. of a bitch. But it I think, I th- if, I think if he he announced- that's a legacy thing, a third yeah. gate in Disneyland is possibly on the table. Uh, if he if he wants to truly add to his legacy and garner goodwill, they've started the foundation work for a third gate in, in Disneyland with various uh, property acquisitions and the discussion of Disneyland forward. I think that is not an unreasonable thing. I, I mean, I just think what- that logically a third gate in Disneyland makes more sense than a fifth gate in Florida. Fair enough. But joking aside, here here's my thought. Disney has what I would consider to be one of the best problems in business you can have, which is massive price inelasticity. I think I'm using that term correctly, but I sure. will admit I've screwed it up before. You only teach business. It's fine. But it, yeah, well, you know, I'm still a human <laughs> being. Uh, it, it, to me, I've always thought they were defined backwards from what made sense in my mind. It's like a visual. But anyway, like – you know, they keep raising prices and they keep running out of capacity. I mean, that's a great problem to have because the that normal Disneyland exp- AP holder issue is a perfect example of that. And those Disney World, dr- those are- too, for that matter. Yeah. But I mean, the way that you how, the way that you capitalize that is that you increase your capacity so that you can continue Completely. to increase prices, but incre- not only but have greater volume. I mean, it seems weird to me that. When a company is continually demonstrated, has it demonstrated to it that no matter what it charges, they still are at max capacity, that they won't expand. That's not really consistent with how supply and demand normally works. It's, it's a, it's an anomaly with respect to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, producer behavior. We are talking about a lot of bullshit around the Disney parks right now. Uh, and the Universal parks are certainly not without their flaws, but you know what they do? They build things because that's what they realized was the uh, the biggest issue. They didn't have enough to do with those parks. People could hit Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure in a single day, and there wasn't enough to draw them over there. They've been building in both of those parks. Now Islands of Adventure has, what, 17, 18 rides. I think the main studios park is 14 or 15, and they're building another 13 down the street. Meanwhile, Disney is playing, uh, uh, you know, roulette with the uh, musical chairs with their front office. Agreed. Not building anything. And and I do think that I don't think they're going to get the fifth gate like you referenced there. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, I do think he will announce expansions to the parks because that's been his M.O. Now, granted, Chapek was a a head of parks and resorts during this time, but Chapek – Iger was the one that okayed the budget to do it, but like when Harry Potter opened, he he countered. He did counter with Avatar. He countered with like Galaxy's Edge. It took way too long, but it, yes. It, but well, he, yeah. he he this Chapek, especially coming off of this D twenty three, showed that he's not paying attention at all to Universal, at all. Uh, and, and I do think we're getting a guy that's going to be back there going. We do need to pay attention to what they're doing down the street. We do need to counter-program what they're doing. Otherwise, it's going to affect us. And the one thing I wanted to say, 
a couple of minutes ago, so this is not very timely. But not only has Universal, by the way they're doing things, built more. Yep. They have also developed a corporate culture that allows them to build things quickly. Right. And, and that's like, you know, just what they have is that's a snapshot of today, right? But when you look at the, the nimbleness of the company and their ability to like be agile and doing things quickly and to under promise and over deliver, to me, when you look at the five and 10 year roadmap of these companies, Universal has a very big strategic advantage right now because they are, they have demonstrated themselves to be lean and fast. And Disney by this has shown that not only is it as bad as we thought, but that it's way worse. But you know what? Disney they can get rid of a bunch of Imagineers, so big and bang up job. But Disney can <laughs> do it when they want. What the, the the closing down of Toontown and the reopening with Runaway Railway at Disneyland is going to be one year. Like that yeah. that date came out, and they closed it, and a year later they're going to reopen with the, the 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 new attraction and and retheming some of that area. When they want to build quick, wait, has that they happened can build already? Quick. It's opening in March, so it closed down last March, and it's and they've announced the opening date for the middle of March. I will celebrate that when it actually happens. Yeah, so, they have done stuff like that in Disneyland already, like yeah. the Tower to Guardians thing. They but can it was do also it when like they a, want a, to. They were they're trying to see that they could actually do it. Uh, Not like to hop Pixar into the thing. DeLorean here, but. They built Disneyland at 11 and a half months. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the idea that, uh, you know, as time goes on, we get better at this has not really borne out to be reality. But well, then we I, look at the comparisons of like, all right, Universal builds Transformers in 14 months and Disney takes longer to build the Tangled restrooms. I mean, yeah, like it's exactly. <laughs> well, when when Iger brings Joe Rody back to lead Imagineering um, – We'll get a lot of this fixed. How long until they start unphotoshopping people from <laughs> attractions? <laughs> Have you been contacted for photoshopping skills? Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I made that joke on Twitter last night. I can't wait for uh, Bob Chapek to be photoshopped out of the Tron groundbreaking video. Exactly. Or, uh, f- photo, rather. Well, I, I do say, like, when Galaxy's Edge opened, who was the yeah. man front and center of that? Was on, those, uh, on those Vince opening Vaughn. nights, it was Iger. And I think... <laughs> He might have gotten in taste at that point. I'm like, Vaughn, but no. Bruce, <laughs> uh, that's that, Thank you. I appreciate that you got it. Thank you. I think Bruce Vaughn had already been fired as well. Vince Vaughn had a better chance of being there. <laughs> that's He's very like tall. The, that's like the most fired up I ever remember Iger uh, at a park ceremony and, and seeing like him almost taking owner. You know, did take ownership over. Like I was the one that approved this. This is this is this is my legacy in the parks. I, he, you know, hopefully he got a jonesing for it and was like, this drug's nice. I need some more of it. And we'll we'll do that over these next few years. I got to break the fourth wall, guys. I know we don't do this that often. Uh-oh. <laughs> when we did uh, that D23 Expo show with Ryan Ritchie and uh, Ben and myself and Josh for a minute. First off, that didn't actually happen. But the <laughs> dude, audio. Dude, come the, on. The audio. Well, we did the compromising photos. That is actually the reason that Bob Chapek got fired, mm-hmm, by the way. Mm-hmm. We, we released those, so you have us to thank. Yep. The audio that, that I that, used. When for, you tweeted that, it was actually the first time I regretted not doing, or not doing that show. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> the, uh, the audio that I used for a lot of the applauses was taken from the Bob Iger announcement of Galaxy's Edge. That's uh, funny. There was a couple of different things that I pulled audio from. I was trying to look for, like, hey, this is actually the acoustics of the room that this is going to be taking place in. So, anyway. I Well, I want to say two things to that. First, I really appreciate that level of authenticity. Yep. And also, I think it's a, a tragedy and a, a slight to mankind that we don't have the audio of Bob Chapek getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Um, 
So did either of you guys actually look at the severance package that uh, Chapek is getting? I did uh, not. I, I assumed it would be the remainder of the contract that he signed like eight minutes ago. Yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing too. Like he signed the contract five months ago and I assume that was done in an attempt to present an air of stability in the company. And right. clearly that didn't we, we, talk, we, we talked <laughs> about that as well. Like three years isn't necessarily a glowing endorsement for somebody that's going to be a long-term solution. But right. anyway, so you're, you're right. It's basically that, but presumably he's also going to have stock options that his departure probably increased the value of his severance package. Depending on he, how they're – so you can – there's a <laughs> – I don't – all right, I'm speaking out of my wheelhouse right now. But there are a lot of interesting stock mechanisms that are used for yes. top management team people, like for SEC rules, because they are, they're obviously have insider information. So they have to have like pre planned schedules of trading and stuff. And there's right, like right. these units that vest at certain times. It's very complicated. And I don't claim to really understand it all. I but see I, it enough because my wife works for an investment management company. So I'm restricted okay. on what I can actually invest in. What do they times. call IRUs? There's, there's a there's an acronym there, for it. There's that, a bunch of different uh, stock options themselves. If it's actually the company that you're invested in, so you've got RSUs, ISOs, RSUs, restricted stock. That's what um, I was thinking of. Sorry. There's a there's a whole bunch of things there, and we are not that that is not this show. We're not going to get deep into that minutia. Yeah. But what I'm wondering is by it. Okay, I guess I'm going to speculate here. So for the record, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> this seems to be like they said, well, you could resign or we could fire you. And he resigned. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think this was him deciding, Hey, I want to well, spend some quality time with my money. And he just left. This I think was, they told him a, he was resigning. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there's a lot saying it was a firing. Like, and I saw firing with cause. So I don't know. The, the, I think there's a it lot could of have been those pictures that we have. Yeah. But it, the, the, there's definitely several stories out today saying it was, he was fired. Well, that that would be. I guess we got to just put a pin in that and say we don't know what the actual yeah, story yeah, is. Yeah, I and mean, he I, may do a press tour soon enough where he tells his side of the story. I mean, that's this is what where does he have to so, lose to go very inside baseball. This is where things get very fascinating because. Yeah. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I apologize to the listeners. Just skip through this part if you don't care. <laughs> but a, a lot of people don't realize that. You know, defamation, which is this, you know, like slander or libel, when you say something that's, uh, you know, these are the sort of things like the Johnny Depp trial, right? Yep, yep, yep. Truth is a defense. Iger pooped in his in Chapek's bed? <laughs> right. If that's not true and you I say that, then, say then you can have liability. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of these executives have non-disparagement clauses in their contracts. And disparagement doesn't have to be false to be actionable. Mm-hmm. So you can – admit something or say something that's completely true that puts the company in an unfavorable light and they can punish you. So it's very fascinating to me what people can say what and when. It's been my experience in following this. And I follow – I'm sort of a – I'm fascinated by corporate culture and the people that run them and all of that. And one thing I've noticed is that when when a high-profile person leaves a very high-profile company – what you tend to hear immediately from them is nothing. Right. And then randomly, for no legal reason whatsoever, five years to the day later, <laughs> y- you know, you get their tell our memoir that gets yeah, released. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to probably have to wait a while to get the Chapek side of the story. He's going to have to cash out his shares too. He has a, he has a literal vested interest in the company doing well right now. Yeah. And well, it's going to work in his favor. Right. So 
the the number that I saw when everything was factored in was that it's going to be roughly a twenty three and a half million dollar severance. Yeah, I package. saw I, I saw it was like what two and a half million base salary, but there was a twenty million dollar uh, guarantee. Well, not guarantee, but based on performance, that was uh, a bonus structure out. So yeah, I think that's that's the number. And, and for any for any the the New York Times as of three hours ago on uh, what is this Monday night the November twenty first is referenced in that he was fired. Uh, so I'm going to guess that's yeah, what it was. I have a clause. I was able to negotiate my contract. I make $28,000 a year, but I get 25 million. If you fire me for not doing my job, <laughs> it's one of, one of the better awesome. pieces of lawyering. I think I've <laughs> sired <laughs> the, um, the other thing too, like that is, can be somewhat misleading about numbers like that. He has a pension with them that he was going to get no matter what happened. Uh, things like that are his. It's just part of the fact that he was employed there. Um, and those stock options that uh, we mentioned previously, it may be a situation where he's got stuff that he's earned, but they haven't vested yet. So some of those aren't going to be coming down tomorrow. They're going to be you know, a year, two years, three years, whatever the cycle of vesting is. So all of that uh, adds to the complexity of it, as does the fact that the stock went up 7% and he effectively so, got a 7% boost to a significant chunk of that severance package. The, the Hollywood that. Reporter, I'll just read directly from that, that just put okay. this out a couple hours ago. Chapek, meanwhile, is likely to leave Disney with a severance package valued at at least $20 million, according to a review of his contract. Yeah. Though that exact number could end up being higher than that, depending on the vesting schedule of his stock, holdings, and other factors. Yeah. So, so it's not bad. It's not Katzenberg, but it's not bad. Let's drill down to the opposite of this. Do you trespass him from all the properties? He hasn't been on them anyway, so what does it really matter? <laughs> what if now he decides he wants to go? He's like, hey, I'm going to go to the front gate. I'm That's sorry, like, you don't they, have a park they, reservation, asshole. Yeah, they, did just have, they just had that executive retreat, like, what, three exactly. weeks ago in Florida. And that, yeah, the, that might have been his first time in the park since Galaxy's Edge opening. So that was what one it, of our bullet point notes here. Do you think they actually did a flyover of Epic Universe with BioReconstruct on that retreat? <laughs> I would. Although I guess well, you don't actually did a flyover. I'm guessing yeah. they did. Probably not with Bio, but and they went, "Holy shit! This place yeah. is vertical already." <laughs> right, Can you right. imagine Chapek behind Tim at guest services, ready to like bitch about something? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was I could have His got behind Vincent D'Onofrio. There isn't Fuck that much of a lops uh, up to the guest services girl. It's like, yes, I, I'd like to file a complaint about the board, how the board handled my dismissal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very. Uh, I'm gonna have to go find a blue tent. This guy's like gonna be a while. <laughs> <laughs> blue umbrella, blue tent is for concussion protocol. Uh, <laughs> JPEG severs package is like thirty fast passes to whatever attractions he wants. <laughs> But he can't redeem him because he doesn't have a park reservation. Blue tent. I thought you were referencing his. Figure out how to use GD Plus. <laughs> I thought your blue tent was a joke about his awesome idea for the cabanas in Tomorrowland. Oh, there you go. The uh, the FEMA tents. <laughs> yes. Actually, isn't a blue tent what Lasseter used to pitch during meetings <laughs> when he was wearing jeans? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. It's good. We, I'd like to earn that explicit tag. <laughs> I know we're going to go back because we're not done with, with this, but uh, I had a trip that was uh, disrupted by Hurricane Nicole. We were supposed to have an 11-person trip over Veterans Day weekend, but Hurricane Nicole disrupted it. Uh, so, oh, you uh, ignorant slut. Yes, exactly. I called it far <laughs> worse, actually, but... 
Marie, myself, and our daughters were set to fly in Wednesday night. Everybody else was flying in on Thursday. Uh, MCO closed at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. We were set to land at 7.30 p.m., so that math doesn't work in our favor. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, I called Southwest, uh, I think, Tuesday. I was like, uh, yeah, the airport's closing at 4. What does that actually mean? It's like, we don't have word that the airport's closing. It's like, go to the Orlando International Airport website. It says at the top of it that it's closing at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. It's like, we haven't received word of that. It's like, okay. <laughs> so we ended up rebooking for the same flight on Thursday. And my sister and her family had their flights automatically rebooked for that Friday. And my sister was the only one was the one that was going to be there for like three days. So uh, on Wednesday night, we ultimately made the decision that this we were f- trying to force it and it wasn't going to happen. Um, so we rescheduled after Thanksgiving. Uh, my sister and her family are kind of shit out of luck because they really only had a limited window that they could travel. So they flew up north and visited with us that weekend. But um, rescheduling a trip is in itself interesting, especially in the uh, era of Chapek, where the added complexity is there. So timeline. we Marie and I bought our first day of the date-based tickets to be the Tuesday of that week, even though we weren't going into the park until that Thursday, because depending on what day you buy it, the price of the ticket changes Uh so we had a start date of tuesday and because of that uh and we canceled it on wednesday uh it was much more difficult for us to move our tickets to a later date and that meant uh three hours on hold with disney uh and when you call them i think the max time that they report on that phone number was 167 minutes and i know this because i got disconnected after 45 <laughs> minutes the first time <laughs> and i called back and said your estimated wait time is 167 minutes uh and i was on hold for over 3 hours they were able you to hit fix the end it. of the internet that's impressive <laughs> exactly exactly um but conversely my parents because we canceled wednesday night and their tickets weren't set to start until either uh, they weren't supposed to go in until that friday Excuse me. We could change them online very easily without like it, it took a minute to change them. So it's it's good and bad. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's already a hassle for the date-based tickets and having to change them and the fact that they have, you know, 57 different price points for the cost of a ticket is in itself frustrating, but um the the more interesting thing besides moving things that I don't know that everybody is aware of is the DAS component. So I've spoken many times. My brother's autistic. Uh, So we did not have to get him back on with the uh, DAS video chat. Because we had already done that, that was effectively good for 60 days from the original start date of our trip. So I could just go on and rebook for our new dates uh, because they were within that 60-day window. But I was also told initially what I wanted to do was I wanted to book those advanced DAS reservations for the park that we were going to hop to. And they said that I couldn't do that. So I asked them if I change my park reservation to the park that I'm going to hop to and then change it back to the park where we're going to start at, what would happen? And they said, you would lose the DAS reservations. Well. Yep. Uh, I moved all my park reservations because our trip changed and those DAS reservations all stayed. So whoever told me that was incorrect. Uh, so that means if, you, if you're eligible for a DAS, you could potentially get a park reservation for the park you're going to hop to, then change that park reservation once you've made the advanced DAS reservation. I haven't completely practiced it, but it seems like that would work. The other oh. variable here oh. – go ahead, Ben. 
as I say, hopefully by the time you have to do this again, we won't have to worry about reservations. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's all uh, out the window. But um, the other thing we were uh, mildly concerned about is because my sister and her family were going to be there, we were going to have to work with guest relations to potentially get nine ticketed guests on my brother's DAS, which is above their soft cap. We didn't know if it would work. Um, but now my sister's family not going. We're under the six-person cap and shouldn't have any issues there. Um, How was did, your experience with the uh, weight this time? Uh, substantially better than the first time around. It's It could certainly be improved upon, but substantially better than the first time around. Um, for the first time around last year is what I mean. Yeah. So we bought our tickets through our friend uh, Jenny, who's a travel agent. Um, she was able to change the one-day Universal park-to-park ticket as well. So the initial plan, Marie and I were going to join our in-law or my in-laws, her mother and stepfather, uh, over at Universal because their Universal Pass didn't have the same blackout dates as their Disney Pass. And we'd bring the girls over there. Uh, our oldest is tall enough to do some things. Um, but with a rescheduled trip, we figured it didn't make sense for my parents to buy the uh, uh, tickets for Universal. So now my brother and I are going to go over there for a day and everybody else is just going to go to Disney Springs or take a day off. But uh, the original ticket for Universal was purchased by me uh, and Marie and it wasn't that difficult. I think she said it was a 20-minute phone call where she had to wait on hold at Universal to make that change. Um, The other kind of nice things is... Because of Hurricane Nicole, uh, we booked our flights through Southwest. Uh, There was the travel warning on there, and it allowed us a lot more free reign to swap our ticket into something else. So we took a cheaper ticket and swapped it into a flight that was like $150 more two weeks or three weeks later. Uh, So we actually got a pretty darn good price uh, for our flights on the rebooked trip with uh, $150 per person in Southwest uh, vouchers, basically. So a little annoying to do it, a little annoying that my sister can't join us, more annoying for them than than us because we're still going to get to go. But it's going to end up being a cheaper trip. And uh, the only reservation we weren't able to get is Ogus Cantina. Um, So I'm going to test my luck and uh, ability to persuade a cast member, say, hey, look, I just want to, uh, my parents haven't seen it. My my wife hasn't seen it. Can we just peek in? We had a reservation that was uh, had you know, canceled. You're going to be shocked how easy it is to get in there, especially at night. Yeah, and that's kind of my thinking as well. Um, Every night I walk past there, they were asking us, would you like to come in? Every so I figured just, just, just play nice, ask. Um, and if they let us in, great. We are actually, our original reservation was 9.15 in the morning because that's what we were able to get. Yeah, so. no, I'm ser- every time we would go by, we would they, they would ask if we want to go in. There was a couple times where it wasn't like that, and we said, well, how long's the wait? And they would say, 30 minutes, give us your phone number, we'll text you to come in. I mean, th- there's little there's a lot to of no way to like get that, in there yeah. now. It's like, where you can do the uh, – you can you can join the wait list. So yeah. one that I want to do is San Angel Inn, where they have that uh, uh, the Aztec pyramid chocolate cake thing that just looks incredible. Um, so our thought is uh, because we're not doing food and wine now. That's the other big thing. My, I've been trying to get my parents to go to food and wine for a while, and that was the plan this trip. Um, we've got a beer garden reservation for an early lunch, and I think we're going to try to hit. Uh, San Angel in like early to mid afternoon just to get that uh, that chocolate cake. Josh, have you seen that? I have not. 
it is it's like you you've seen that like chocolate shell stuff that hardens around things this is Fondant? a dessert oh it's like no. oh no i know what you're talking about yeah. like what you get it like uh a dipped not, ice cream like, cone like at um uh, the fondue place sure yeah the hardening um, chocolate uh, chilies used to have it too yeah, yeah, like the chilies would do it for like the fried ice cream that doesn't yeah. make sense logically, but they call no, it fried ice cream. that shit is amazing. I, I, I'm with you. I've always wanted to pour it on a woman, but never had so, the opportunity. So they've got uh, – it'll make a good bra. The um, <laughs> So they, they shape this into like a uh, – I should probably just find the thing. It's like it's festival pyramid chocolate cake. Of course it is. <laughs> festival cake, San and Helen. Um <laughs> But the uh, it's like a thirty four dollar thing intended to uh, to serve like four to six people, um, but do a Google search for it. Uh, it's called the Fiesta Pyramid, um, but it's on top of a piece of cake. There's uh, uh, there's Mexican mousse and toffee, uh, four scoops of ice cream, and it's got uh, it's on top of uh, tres leches cake. So it it looks incredible. Uh, it has received very, very favorable reviews across the board. So it's something that I just figured that we should, uh, we should try as a unique item. <laughs> Actually, I think, um, Len Testa's sister, Christina said, this is the best thing that they did for the 50th by far. Uh, cause it is a 50th anniversary uh, item. It's so, damning with faint praise. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that's, that's definitely true. They had to get, thank God. That's another reason to get in Chapek out of here, get Iger in for the hundredth uh, anniversary of the company. Yeah, uh, Chipex cake game was fucking weak. <laughs> well, I, I was going to tweet, what does this mean to all the popcorn buckets? Because it seems like uh, that was a big Chapek era uh, deal. I, said, so, I, you know, a bucket every month. I think saying there's a Chapek era, I guess he does get an era, right? Error, he does. E-R-R-O-R. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hitler got an era. So, I mean, I guess you got to give it to him. But it, it certainly is not going to go down in the annals of history as being a, a good thing. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, pro- probably not as bad as Hitler. I think I think we can probably well, no, safely when, say that. When his memoir, Mine Popcorn Bucket, comes out, <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. I, I think you'll be changing your tune. Josh has had audio issues all show, and I'm sure that's going to be the line that he yeah. recorded flawlessly. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Good Lord. That'll be the cleanest thing. Everything else is going to be up and down. That's and there's the show be, title right there. This, this, I'm telling you, you drop an episode called Mind Popcorn Bucket, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're number – I'm not going to brag here – number 22 in Brazil. I think, I think we could get there. <sighs> Adidas is going to drop Josh tomorrow. Speaking no. of, uh, uh, of Germany, um, when we've talked about uh, – this is just a, a – since we're an Imagineering focused show, I'm going to throw this out there. We've <laughs> talked about uh, doing away with the Tomorrowland Speedway, but perhaps putting it elsewhere. And we talked about Toy Story Land. There's plenty of room next to the Germany Pavilion for an Autobahn attraction. Can we just move it there and just be Agreed. done with it? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Non sequitur there. Um, no, that's great. Iger's going to bring back the Rhine River adventure. This I is can't great. Wait. Um, but yeah, so rebooking was a bit of an adventure, but we did do it all within like 24 hours. Um, the biggest issue was our tickets had technically started, so we still wouldn't lose that value. And we were told that pointedly that as long as we didn't set foot in a park, whatever we paid for those tickets is retained. I think what they also indicated, and I don't know this for sure, is that once the usage window of that ticket was used up, then we also would have been able to just move it. But because I was trying to move it while I was in the usage window of it, um, 
that's when I ran into issues. So I also think that the three hour wait was a function of the fact that I was certainly not the only one whose plans were disrupted by the hurricane. So I I imagine that it's still regularly, you know, 45 to an hour, but that was an extenuating circumstance. And the other clever thing that Disney could do is they never technically closed the parks for a full day. They closed early on Wednesday, opened late on Thursday, and uh, they don't have to issue as many refunds when they do that type of thing. So, um, yeah, shady. Yeah. Yeah. But um, back to Iger and Shapek, do we have any outstanding issues or any we have plenty of outstanding issues any outstanding comments on on that or is this going to be kind of an ever-evolving thing for us i I think it's going to be an ever-evolving thing i i i think i'm going to kind of end up on your side where i think what i want to do here is just be optimistic because we certainly weren't happy with with what we had i think it's a little premature to say that this is necessarily good and i do think it indicates trouble but it could also mean that, look, they recognize a mistake was made and they're going to write the ship and let's hope that that's the case and we will uh, stay tuned. You I know mean, what's going to be great is when he says, no, we're keeping harmonious. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, how many times have we finished recording over the last year? Uh, and I don't want to call anybody out, but Josh, you've said, uh, you know, <laughs> how depressed you are about the state of this company. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, I doubt you're going to feel that way when we get off the recording tonight. I don't know that optimistic is the right word, though. I think it is in a better position than it was two days ago. Yeah, there is a bit bit of hope. There's that light at the end of the tunnel, which is just going to be a train to run us over and we go to hell. I don't want to add 20 minutes to the podcast here, but but you asked if I had any parting comments. It's this. (laughs) It it does beg an important question as to who – who is at the helm? And, yeah. and this is a complicated thing with corporate America because you have a board of directors, you have the CEO, and there's there's this kind of weird hierarchy where you know the CEO is the one that's making the strategic decisions, but the board's kind of shaping them. And uh, when you have something like this happen, it's kind of hard to know where to look to see who it is that is the hand that's sort of steering. Was Iger him. doing that when he was on his like seventh victory lap when he when they promoted Chapek? Iger was still very much in the mix, as Ben has said. Like yeah. he could have also had his hand on the tiller as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and, yeah. and we'll probably never know the absolute truth. Right. Um, but it certainly suggests at a minimum, I think, that even when we look at what is touted to everyone as being the top decision maker, is really not the top decision maker. And, and this was a case where we didn't like this guy and he was making a lot of choices that we thought were bad for the parks and bad for the company in general. Mm-hmm. And I think we took a sort of fatalistic view. Well, he's the CEO, uh, you know, but the fact of the matter is that the powers that be were greater than him. So I, hopefully the paternalistic system is in a situation where daddy knows what's best. And I, I think that's what we don't know. I, th- th- it is funny, and I'm excited the next time we record that hopefully there's, you know, make those couple few announcements to kind of uh, appease the crowd right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to talk about what those things are, but you're, I don't you care know, if you pander to me. Give me what I want. Right. And, and the horizons, you dick. The, the hilarious <laughs> thing is, is kind of referencing back what I said earlier, and you referenced just now, like he very much had his hand on a lot of these decisions that we hate right now, but it's mm-hmm. not public knowledge. And it's not attached so, to him. Yeah, he can go in there and have just think of it. He can go fix all of it and be the hero that you know. Yeah. Again, he, he he started the problem, but he can uh, he can it go could fix be it the himself. Most brilliant and corporate move it ever. Is. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. 
So, so a couple of uh, questions before we close out. One, when Chapek inevitably writes a book, yes. uh, will, will I'm you? I'm so I, excited for this. Yeah, I'm going to pre-order I, it right now on Amazon. Okay. I I say, although I do, they, there is. Uh, I saw Dan another Heaton article. has already read it, by the way. Like somehow he already has his hands on it because he's read everything. The, it's that <laughs> we book's going to be interesting. That in- book will be interesting because there is non-disparage clauses in yeah. yep. the severance. So I, it'll be interesting how much he can actually say. And how yep. long it takes for it to come out. So that's what one. he'll do. He'll finally get creative and write a fictional story that bears <laughs> no resemblance to any entity or a real person. He's going to hire yeah. Weird Al. By the way, I recommend seeing Weird on Roku. So good. So, so in a land good. far, far away, there was a CEO named... Dog biger. <laughs> <laughs> That's too on the nose with the, t- with the target dog. It's going to uh, be great. I can't wait to read it. The other thing is, are there any acquisitions that Iger makes while he is uh, CEO again? FTX. Um, I, I, I have <laughs> looking for undervalued assets. Um, the the one that leverage, I predicted. Money leverage. And it's, again, in the, in the arena of uh, what Tim is interested in is I think Hasbro is very much in the fold, but he has largely looked at content from a, a digital platform standpoint. But They're, uh, they're still a, paying off Fox so much. I don't think he can go make another acquisition like that right now. So that, that's interesting. And that very well may be perhaps why Kevin Mayer hasn't – I mean, I know we're very early on in the throes of this, but why he hasn't been mentioned again because he was instrumental in that Fox deal. Is yep. it possible that it's now looking like, all right, that Fox deal is was not worth what they paid for it? Mm-hmm. I think more and more people are considering that. Um, and if Kevin Mayer uh, has some sort of stink attached to him as a result of that, perhaps he is not in the mix for this conversation for uh, two years from now or however long it is. So um, those are kind of the things I wanted to throw out there. But uh, my my bold prediction is that uh, Disney looks to buy an undervalued Hasbro uh, as they try to get into the gaming and trading card market. Did John so, Lasseter start a new company after he left? He went somewhere else. He went to like another animation studio that – didn't really do anything. I predict they buy them. Yep, and then they, and then he can fire John Lasseter again. No, <laughs> John Lasseter comes back and runs the whole thing like Steve Jobs. There you go. But he's in a straight jacket the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smart move. Um, all right, let's let's wrap here. I'm sure we can. Uh, have additional conversations over on our Facebook group. Uh, but if you have any questions or topic ideas that we will ignore, uh, you can email us martycalled at gmail.com. You can also follow us on tw- uh, Twitter under the username at martycalled. Uh, we don't have that Mastodon account yet, but uh, let's assume that it's <laughs> going to be the same thing. We probably won't have any difficulty getting that username. Uh, join in the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. Ben, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at backside underscore water, and you can find me on Truth Social at tim.grassy. Makes sense. And Josh, same question. Uh, utilidors.com, spelled the obviously incorrect way. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under my new username at InfernoBarge, and that's InfernoBarge with one O, not two. Uh, so Josh did not get to choose the name he writes. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. We love you. Meet the new Bob. Same, Same as, as the, the old, old Bob. Bob. <laughs>
stick to your values, stick to your North Star, simplify the cacophony of voices out there and do what you think is right. Synergy. If I had to live without you. Guest experience. What kind of life would that be? Oh, now. Magical memories. I need you in my arms, need you to hold. That lasts a lifetime. You're my world, my heart, my soul. If you ever leave, baby, you would take away everything good in my life. We developed a reservation system so people would know ahead of time whether they were going to get in or not. don't think Disney's too woke. Strategically consistent. They're probably not going to tune into another animated movie. We can cut portion size, which is probably good for some people's waistlines. You're firing Bob JPEC? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. 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 